Hello and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show House of the Dragon? My name is Gretchen, I use they them pronouns, and I am here with my co-host Caroline. Hi guys, my name is Caroline, I use she, her pronouns, and we're doing something different today. Yeah! Yeah, we for- are going to be reviewing the uh, official House of the Dragon season two trailer. Yeah, we figured for yeah. a little pod, like a little holiday mini episode that uh, we yep. would break this down, kind of our thoughts and feelings about this trailer. Yes. That said... Spoilers. Full, full spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> full spoilers. This episode is not safe if you have not read Fire and Blood. Nope. Uh, please, please leave now if you have not read Fire and Blood. We are going to be talking about predictions for season two, mm-hmm. big plot spoilers, just big old giant spoiler, spoiler warning. So yes. uh, you can yeah. always come back to us after, after you know, many years from now if you need to. <laughs> uh, but, I was going to say after season two, but no, it's going to be more than that. So <laughs> yeah, it would be after you have finished. If you're if you're reading along with us and have not read mm-hmm. the source material, it will be after we read the Dance of the Dragons. Yes, <laughs> so that'll be a little while. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a hot minute. We're we're chugging through that book though, man. We're making good progress. Yeah, we've been doing this for six months, and we're yeah. you know about I know almost three hundred pages into it. Yeah, I know we're like almost half, so close halfway there. Anyway, so the way we're gonna do this is that we're actually gonna watch the trailer now. It's only a minute long. Um, and we'll give some commentary over it and then, uh, we're, we're going to break it down in more detail and I, you know, a shorter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we- maybe half an hour. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like that's also pretty like, I was just joking with my girlfriend, like, yeah, we're just recording a podcast about the trailer. It, it shouldn't be more than half an hour, but it probably will. Yeah. Yes. How much can Caroline and I talk about a one minute trailer? Uh, we we do at least two hours per ten pages of this book. <laughs> the entire original concept of the podcast being lots of short episodes, fucking out the window. Yeah, <laughs> completely out the window. Yeah, this is probably the shortest episode you're gonna get, and I'm still. Uh, I'm. I don't know. You know, know. <laughs> we'll, I'm we'll not making see any promises. How it goes? Yes. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and watch the trailer now. Errors girl. were made in the hours I just like Otto. Errors were made. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, I'm curious about him saying that, though. Yeah, right? Okay. I like... Many will I do like this line from Allison, but it sounds like it was written to be a trailer line. Yes, though. it does sound like a trailer line. Oh, I, I love, love that costumes. the... I love the attendance balls are back. Very yes. important. Yes. <laughs> a cool dragon and maybe a dragon seed? Oh, maybe that was a dragon seed. Ooh, that was a shot of the north. Uh-huh. Alright, who is this person that's looking up? I can't like, we got, like, a sec- like, Who is that? That may be Tumbleton? No, so yeah. Oh, Fela. Oh, yes. Baby. Oh, there's the blood and cheese. Ooh, oh, I know. There's one. Oh. Ooh, Vagar. The final shot of Vagar. They're just Ooh. showing off what they're doing with their CGI. And I don't Truly. hate it. <laughs> Man, 
Man, Ugh. there's so many like quick shots in this trailer. I it feels know. more like a teaser than it does anything else. I know that I've so so many thoughts, so many questions, so excited about it. Um, <sighs> I watched this like five times last night. <laughs> I was like watching it over and over and over again. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna miss something. I've watched it so so many times. So how do you want to talk about it? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like just we can order. just go through our thoughts. Yes. Um, my thoughts are not in order because things are so quick. I just put down notes of thoughts and I have no idea if this is the order they appear in the trailer, but we can just talk about them. I'm just going to click through it on my end to like look at the scenes because it yeah. more or less doesn't match up with your notes. So yeah, Rhaenyra. Oh, you know what, Gretchen? That very first shot of Rhaenyra looking uh-huh. out at, at like the sea. Yeah. She's looking at Storm's End. Oh no! That's oh, what no. it is. She's looking She's... for her baby. Yes. Oh, oh fucking kill me right now. Oh god, why? It's like no wonder she looks so haggard, right? Because like that, like so we see That's her from the her back looking died. at Storm's yeah. End, and then from the front, and she just looks like utterly like distraught. And I was like, oh no, you're right. She's there. Oh. Look, she's looking for Luke's body. Or just looking at the place where he died, you know? Oh, oh and our 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 bro dude Emma Darcy. I was gonna say our girl, but that's not correct. Yeah. Our 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 pal Emma Darcy. Uh, oh. uh, just her their face just amazing. Oh man. Oh, yeah, that I can't like wait. that just that shot of their face is just mm-hmm. um so evocative of how much pain Rainier is in right now. You can also see the money in the costume. So we have like a couple shots of yes. the throne room and Aegon's uh, like embroidered doublet and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and she's got the new outfit. There's like the shot with her wearing um, uh, her father's crown. She's wearing Viserys's crown. Mm-hmm. And she's got yep. like these really cool dragons on her shoulders. Mm. Um, they all look really good. Yeah. Her her pullets, I guess you call them, are like dragon heads. And they just look mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think this camp is at 11 seconds? Where are we? Where is that? Oh, gosh. I... So for anyone who's listening, it's like a, it's like a, a camp of, like, tents. It must be mm-hmm. soldiers doing something. Yeah, and that's clearly the Black Army, right? Like, not, like, we've got, like, the tents are black. <laughs> but also, yeah. like, the person on the hill is holding a flag that has the Targaryen sigil on it. Um, well, that you know is something we haven't black seen? Black on red. We haven't oh, right seen the new flags yet. So for those who, for anybody who doesn't remember in the text, they have new flags where um, Aegon changes his symbol to a golden dragon on black because his dragon is sunfire. And Rhaenyra changes her flag to a horrible, like, quartered flag with, like, House Targaryen <laughs> and the Valerians and the Arons. And it's ugly yeah. and terrible. Yeah, and I hope they don't flag. do it in the show. I don't want them to do it in the show because it's a bad flag. Yeah, it's a very bad flag. Um, yeah. We do get a shot of Aegon the second front on where he's where his doublet is green with the gold dragons on it. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if they're going to do that for the, the green flag. Um, yeah, that could work. That could work. Yeah, that's at... Um, I don't remember what seconds that's at where we see him. Um, you see him at about eight seconds. Yep, where he... Yeah, where... Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got I don't, I don't, gold. So I don't know what battle that is. It looks like the environment looks like the Stormlands. Yeah, it could be a couple different places. Yep, because it's like green hills with a lot of like 
cloud cover. Because the next shot is Hightower men marching. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is, like, them coming to a battle. But I forget off the top of my head the order of the battles in the dance. I forget, too. Um, I know there's two Tumbletons. <laughs> yep. Yes, there's uh, two Tumbletons. There's the fish feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bunch. And then we have our, our good boy, Otto Hightower, saying the world's most obvious things. <laughs> and, and I like Alice's line about, like, you know, many will die, etc. Uh-huh. It does it does sound like the writers were like, we need something for the trailer. Yep. And, yep. and it, it's, that's kind of a classic trailer line. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, while, you know, while she's sitting in her, one of her chairs, just being like, ah, oh, yes, the war will be fought and many will die. And it's like... Again, thank you. Thank you. High, t- mm-hmm. high Towers are Captain Obvious in this trailer. They, um, <laughs> they, 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 yes, exactly. <laughs> Otto's like, mistakes were made. Uh, Allison, many will die. You're like, wow, thanks. thanks. Hard-hitting analysis of the circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's coming out of Old Town, folks. Um, oh, man. <laughs> so then we see our good boy, Kristen Cole. Whoo! And he's Kristen Cole's beheading killing? someone. Yeah, and it could be one of many people, I mean. It could be, like, there's so many people it could be. Yep. Um, He doesn't have his sexy hair anymore. What happened? I know. Well, I mean, he's got his war hair now. He's got to, you know, he's got to have a buzz cut for for all the helmets he's going to wear. Maybe his luscious locks were kept getting caught in his helmet when he was taking it on and off. So he was like, this this is wartime, Kristen, who's got to cut his hair. Um. You, like, you know he had character growth because his hair changed. <laughs> like Jamie Lannister. <laughs> oh, we all know that costume changes and hair changes mean uh, mm-hmm. mean character growth. Oh, and Gretchen, the most important detail at 20 seconds in, about halfway through this lovely teaser trailer we've waited for, for years for, the single most important thing we're all excited for, the attendance balls. We need I, those attendance balls. <laughs> I really like this, actually. Because there's, like, <laughs> symbolism here, right? Like, the attendance ball, like, it's spinning around the rim. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, not settling. And it's, like, symbolic of Aegon II yeah, as a king yeah, that, like, yeah. he's never gonna quite get never there and settle fit. in. Again, full spoilers, no. folks. Aegon II doesn't win. No. <laughs> no. So I love oh. the symbolism here that, like, we see this and then it cuts to, like, Aegon II's, like, smarmy-looking face sitting on the throne. I just have to say, mm-hmm. the actor that they got for Aegon II just looks like a douchebag. He does. And I'm sure he's a lovely person. I, right. But I don't – this is not about the actor, but, like, no. the combination of his face and the way that they've done the costuming and the direction – whatever direction they're giving for him about how to mm-hmm. settle his face, he just looks like a dipshit. Yes. Um, it's like how uh, the guy that played Joffrey, I forget his name. He, yes. He was perfect for that role. Yep. This this guy is also like. Right. And yeah. like Draco Malfoy, like they find someone who like mm-hmm. when you give them the right direction, their face just looks super punchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like Aegon II definitely is like channeling that. And so I love the mm-hmm. sequence of like you see this like the ball's not settling and then it's Aegon II mm-hmm. sitting on, you know, sitting there looking like a dipshit. And I was like, yes, this is the summary of your reign, you yes. know. See, I like the attendance ball because I think it's funny. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I also like the symbolism, though. That is very good. Right. Um, and then, well, after Smarmy Aegon, we get, whew, Queen Rhaenyra. Huh. And, 
Rhaenyra's looking great. She um, is put together. Her hair is back. She got her dad's crown. Her These are the shoulder things you were talking about with yeah. them. These shoulder details, by the way, you guys, if anyone's interested, you can look this this up online to get closer pictures. This has got to be Michelle Carragher, um, who, wait, is it Michelle? Yeah, it would be Michelle Carragher doing the embroidery. If you look at the at the costumes from The Bad Show, um, I had my critiques of them because uh-huh. they didn't make any fucking sense most of the time. But I blame that primarily on the writing because I feel like the costume designers could only do so much given, mm-hmm. you know, the base they were provided with. But this kind of embroidery with, like, using – so, like, embroidery normally is with thread. Yep. And then you could add beads to it. Mm-hmm. And what Michelle Carragher does is she actually uses thread and beads – to create like three dimensional creatures mm-hmm. on costumes. And it's actually really interesting if you go back and look at like the Game of Thrones season one kind of stuff where you could see her sort of experimenting with that and then kind of where it ends up in later seasons, like with Cersei. Cersei has like one costume that has like this huge neck piece that's all like it's all hand embroidered lions. Yeah. And they're like three dimensional though. They're like they're like several, they're like multiple inches off of the costume. There's like a depth to it. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a quick shot to see these dragons here, so it's kind of hard to see. But I think that's what these dragons on her that's shoulders what they look are. Like yeah, yeah, they look like hand beaded dragons, and yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna plug a TikToker that I really like. Her name is Sumali Eaton. Um, that's S U M A L E E, and then her last name is E A T O N. Okay. Uh, she actually found me through my articles in the Fundamentals about Game of Thrones. And her account is, she's a stitcher. She's a professional stitcher. That's what she does. Cool. So she knows like a shit ton about costumes. And she has been doing a series on her TikTok um, about the House of the Dragon costumes. Now, she and I disagree a lot about costuming in terms of like whether we like it or not and whether we think it works given the setting. But her analysis is really fascinating and she knows about how like these things are made and that kind of stuff so mm. strong recommend if any I'll, I'll put her name in the description if you guys want to look her up on tiktok yeah um yeah she's super cool yeah and what's interesting here too is that like okay so this shot you have the like you have the attendance ball and it's like spinning around and it never quite sits and then you have a shot mm-hmm. of Aegon, and then you have a shot of rhaenyra and it's over that is the continuation of the line from Alicent where she's saying like the war will be fought people will die and eventually and the victor will eventually ascend the throne and it's one of those where it's like if you know the story you're like oh Alicent baby Aww. that last part is wrong like yes nope. the war will be fought and people will die but the victor will not actually ascend the throne because <laughs> mm-hmm. both because both like Aegon and Rhaenyra are dead by the end mm-hmm. of it and so yeah, I like because... the idea that like that that ball is immediately preceding Aegon, but it also applies to Rhaenyra because she has a brief chance to reign in King's Landing, but is also mm-hmm. eventually brought down. Like neither one of them ever mm-hmm. get to fully sit and settle mm-hmm. into the Iron Throne. That they each have a time where they sit on it, but they never settle in. So that like the attendance ball like spinning around doesn't just apply to Aegon. It also applies to Rhaenyra who gets like a brief mm-hmm. opportunity to rule in King's Landing and then is eventually deposed mm-hmm. um, yes. and also the victor does not sit the Iron Throne <laughs> no I hope that in this show they they truncate that we could talk about predictions too yep um, mm-hmm. if we want uh, I think maybe well, at, we, kind of at the end yeah yeah after we go through so then we get like a little quick shot of Alicent 
She she blows out a, a she oh she blows out a little flame taper. Maybe she's praying. Like oh maybe it's harking back to the scene where they pray together in the sept. <gasps> oh. oh angst angst angst. We do love angst. I I love angst. I I love it. Give it to me all of it. That's okay. Why I love this then show. we get then we get this shot of a dragon flying overhead. Mm-hmm. I I think that's sea smoke. Yeah, it looks like sea smoke. Um, unless and it's one of the wild dragons that we haven't seen yet. It's kind of the color of sea smoke, but though. Yeah. And they're they're trying harder to make the dragons more distinguishable. Uh-huh. So I feel like if I see it and my brain says sea smoke, I feel like a... I don't know. Maybe it, it could be. And then this person watching him could be just like a rando that they used for the shot. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a dragon seed. Yeah, I think that it could be Adam or Alan. The mm. like the, the twins from Dragonstone or the brothers yeah. from Dragonstone. Um, I saw somewhere that they cast two black actors to play Adam and Alan. Yeah, um, good. That makes sense. Which means, Caroline, that they might be doing that they are actual dragon seeds and not just. Oh, I think those are I think those are Corliss Valerian's children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, that's the like reigning theory is like the th- yeah. you know. They've theorized that they were like layer, you know, like in the book it says something about how like they, they were layers children. That they were layers. And everyone was like, like ah. no, dude's gay. He doesn't have any kids. They're Corliss's. Yeah. Is. yeah. Um, and because Corliss ultimately makes like gets the king to make one of them mm-hmm. legit to be his. Yeah, th- those are Corliss's kids. Yeah, they're by, yes. absolutely. Um. So yeah, that I think that that's probably either Adam or Alan. I don't know. Cool. I don't know the actors well enough to be able to distinguish the faces, but I think it's one of those. One of I'm Dragonstone. I'm fantasy. curious about that because this person here has dark hair. Uh huh. So I'm curious about the way they're going to present Adam and Alan. Yeah. Like are because in the, in the books they are described as being silver haired because oh. it's one of the things that um, justifies them. Like like helps to prove that they are in fact dragons. Yeah. I had so, forgotten about that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that can be changed. I'm right. just curious how they're going to have Mouse, their mother Mouse, prove that they are, in fact, Dragon Seed. Uh-huh. So, Sea Smoke is Leonor's dragon. Yeah. Who is he ridden by in... Adam? Um. I think it's Adam. Yeah, I can't... Adam. Okay, hmm. so yeah, like Adam of Hull ends up writing Sea Smoke. So if this is Sea Smoke, it would make sense for this to be Adam. Yeah. Um, to kind of, you know, highlight that changeover. Um, mm-hmm. that would make sense to me if this is Adam of Hull. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see more black characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Give them to me. That's great. Yes, um, we want them. We want them. Then we get more shots of armies doing stuff. They're walking. Yep. And uh, then and then we start Rainus's uh uh voiceover. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, There's no war so hateful to the gods as one between kin. Mm-hmm. Um which is true, you know, that's a big issue in Westeros. Yeah. That like this is gonna be kin slaying one oh one. Uh-huh. Uh, we get this really cool shot of the light up table. We love the light up table. Yep. Yeah, that's oh, and Corliss's face. He's looking oh, I just uh, love Corliss. Oh, I do love Corliss. We love he's him. So great, big um, stand. 
There's Damon doing some violence, of course. He's going to continue. So Damon's doing some violence. Is that a weirwood tree? Yeah. Is that a weirwood tree by name? You're right. That is a weirwood. There's those red leaves. Where could he be? Well, there's a weirwood in King's Landing. There is in the show. I don't think there is in the source material. The god, there isn't a weirwood in the Godswood in King's Landing. Oh, right, it's an material. oak. Um, yeah. So I mean, but there is in the show, so it could be. Yeah. That one, I mean, and that's kind of meaningful because we've had scenes in that area before. Mm-hmm. So depending on what's happening, you know, and killing someone in front of a weirwood. Yep. You know, can be like symbolic in different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, they juxtapose a, a shot of Damon and Amond. Yep. Of course they Of course they do. <laughs> yeah, and like Aemond is staring at the, the the Iron Throne the way that Damon used to lust after mm. the Iron Throne. We got uh, another younger brother. And this gets into uh, one of my theories about where this season is going to end. Um Okay. I think it's going to end at Rook's Rest. Cuz Rook's Rest is where or that's one possible theory is that it ends at mm-hmm. Rook's Rest. That's where uh Rainey's dies. That would be, that would make sense. Um, that would be a good place to end it. That would be a good episode nine battle. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also it like, so the symbolism of having Rainies be one of the few characters with a voiceover in this trailer. And then the fact that she dies at the end of the season. Mm. And so far as we know about Rainies is like, she's the most reluctant to enter into this conflict. And right. here she is talking about like. There is no war so hateful to the gods as the war between kin and no war so bloody as that between dragons. And she's the one, mm-hmm. like, and she ends up dying. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Rook's Rest is where um, Aegon II gets injured and is, like, taken out for a year. He's, like, yeah. convalescing for a year. So so you could end season two with Rainey's dying and Aegon convalescing. And then season three is Aemon's year in charge of the Iron Throne because Aemond takes over mm-hmm. for Aegon and, and when he's God, convalescing. And ends on end on the God's Eye. Yep. Mm-hmm. At that point, that's what I want to know: is when's when's the fucking God's Eye happening? Yeah, that's I, think all the, I, I think that that's I think that that would be season two, season three. It would I agree. be a third season. Um, if it was in season two, the pacing would be all off. Yes, yeah, so you would have to yeah. rush through a lot of stuff to get to the God's Eye by the end of season two. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I also like the idea of of it ending with Rook's Rest because of this shot. Because we're getting a shot of, like, Aemond looking, like, mm. lusting after the Iron Throne, and we know that he gets a year where he's in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, while Aegon is, like, recovering from the battle uh, at Rook's Rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets his like chance that. on I the like throne. And I, and I like that, like, maybe this scene is, like, foreshadowing that that's where this is going to go, that we're going to mm. get, like, a season of Aemond. Or maybe that's even a shot from, like, the last episode or something where, like, Aegon is in recovery uh-huh. and Aemon is approaching the throne. Yes. Yeah. Because he has to rule in the temple. Could be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, then we get a shot that looks like it's in the north because there's snow. Jace is going north. Jace. Jace's going to go north and meet some girls. Give us give um, us the secret wedding with I Jace want- and Sarah. I don't think they got married. I think they banged. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they got married either. But yeah, I I think they totally banged. These are horny teenagers right before a big battle. Of course they're going to fucking bang. Of course they're going to bang. Then we have Allison staring off into over a lake. And I can't identify what lake this is. 
I mean, it's got to be near King's Landing. She can't be too far. It must just be the Blackwater? Maybe. Yeah. But she's looking real, like she's wearing white. Mm -hmm. And then, like, we get a close-up of her face, and she's looking very sad. Um, mm -hmm. And this is beneath, okay, so I love this, my little queer angsty heart. Because this mm -hmm. is the voiceover happening right now is Rainy saying um, it's the part of the quote about like there's no there's no war so um, hateful to the gods as a war between kin and right when mm -hmm. it says a war between kin it's it like switches from like Alicent to Rhaenyra and I'm like oh yeah oh, just kill me just oh. like break my little queer heart these two oh. ladies fighting each other ah. Ah. Oh, God. Because, um, yeah, it, it's a I shot it. of, like, Alicent looking sad, wearing white, looking sad on a lake. And then it shifts to, like, Rhaenyra looking fucking pissed. <laughs> pissed. With pissed. her dragon behind her. With in the background. Yeah. Um, And then the next shot is, what, like, that's Syrax? You know, it's, like, Ooh, the two oh. dragons on the sandbar, right? Yes. Okay. So it's on the left is Syrax, and so that must be Rhaenyra standing in front of Syrax. Uh huh. Who's on the right? Is that Sea Smoke? Right. Like um, it's not big enough to be Vagar. Or is that Sunfire? We have not seen. No. Aegon's Sunfire dragon. is gold. Sun Sunfire is specifically gold. Right. Right. Like so a, that can't yeah. be. So it can't be like the only dragon I can think of is that this is Sea Smoke. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it is Sea Smoke. Because, not, I mean, it, honestly, it wouldn't, it, it honestly wouldn't make sense if it was enemy dragons right. to be meeting in this circumstance. This looks mm -hmm. more like, like, this more looks like we both came for the Zoom meeting versus, like, we came to try to threaten each other, you know? Yep. Yep. Like, so, yeah, that could be sea smoke. Mm -hmm. The other theory I saw floating around the internet was that because Lainor is technically not dead, uh -huh. that Lainor would come back yep. and pre pretend to be Adam of Hole. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. If if that happened, which I don't know. I don't they've already hired someone to be Adam of Hole, though. That's the thing. They've hired they've hired actors for Adam and Alan. Oh, so that can't be it. So I mean, maybe, but maybe Lainor, maybe they write Lainor in. Mm -hmm. In some way where only Rhaenyra knows he's around. Yeah. And and that could be this kind of thing. Because, again, we we don't know for a fact that a dragon can't have multiple writers at any given time. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's very po it's possible that Lainor could come back and teach his half-brother how to ride his dragon. Mm -hmm. And then, like, go away. You yep. know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it, that does look like sea smoke, though. Yeah, because this is not – it's it's the dragon is a little bit bigger than Cyrax, but not, like, vague or bigger. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not Vagar. Vagar would be half the screen. <laughs> yeah, Vagar is, she's a real big lady. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that, that, this is one of the shots that I'm like the most curious about in terms mm -hmm. of like what's happening in this scene. Who is this? Who's, who mm -hmm. is Rhaenyra meeting? Um, mm -hmm. And the idea that it could somehow be Lenor, like mm -hmm. sticks in my brain too, that like somehow he's back. Um, I, w I wouldn't be mad about it no. if I did it. I'd be interested to see how. Mm-hmm. Because that was, I thought that was a really good adaptational change in the yes. first season. I liked that a lot. So this next, very next shot of King's Landing. Uh-huh. That's the dragon pit, right? That big old yeah. giant dome. So on the right-hand side, is that the Red Keep? That's gotta be. Look at how much bigger the dragon pit <laughs> <is>. Yeah. <laughs> and like clearly there's like some distance things going on here too. Like the dragon pit is closer mm -hmm. to the foreground 
than the Red Keep, but still. Yeah. Like, that's much, that's bigger uh-huh. than the Red Keep. I mean, it's gotta be to house the dragons. I know, but like symbolically, the fact that that's the largest of the buildings. Yeah, right it's what we've been talking about with like, in terms yeah. of like, the three hills are symbolic mm-hmm. of like, like that, that kind of like tripod of like where the power comes from. Right, And the exactly. fact that the dragon pit is bigger is like, well, yeah, I mean, we all know the real power is dragons. Yes. Okay, this next shot. Who is this? Who is this? I can't tell. Is it? I saw someone saying that it was maybe Helena, but it doesn't look like Helena. Is it Aegon the second? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so I was interpreting these kind of markings on the face as like burns. Yeah. But it's it's a face with a veil over it. Yeah. So maybe it is Helena. It's Helena. It's Helena. Okay. Oh, baby. Uh, we'll talk about it. Oh, we'll my God. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's a veil. So that, yeah, that's Helena. Because the person has an earring. So I was like, the guys don't wear earrings in this. Mm-hmm. So, but I couldn't, could not figure out who it was. Yeah, it's Helena. Yep. We get a very brief shot of like someone beating a drum in King's Landing. Yeah, we get like a bunch of like very fast clips of like various like horses riding and battles and dragon fire. Mm-hmm. See, the, the dragon fire, that could be Rook's Rest. Yep. There's dragon fire, yep. Rook's Rest. Um,. There's about like the Tumbletons have some fire, don't they too? Oh, there's tons of stuff at the Tumbletons. I just forget the order of the battles. Yep. Uh huh. Oh. And then we have this shot where Rainus gets to finish her trailer line. Uh, she's talking to Rhaenyra. I don't know. They're staring off into the distance again. Yep. And then and then we we see our gal Rainys finishing delivering her line. Oh. Um, her also lovely trailer line. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she's not wrong. Uh, no, <laughs> when, dragon, not when wrong. dragons fight, the people die. Yep, yep. Very. It's it's a bad. And then we get uh, what's, what's her name? Bela, right? Uh, Bela's right. the dragon rider between the twins. Yeah. So before we move on to Bela, I want to say I really like this shot. One of the one of the things I'm thinking about now about this shot with like Rainies and Rhaenyra is that mm-hmm. this. I feel like at least my I immediately think of. The times when Damon and Rhaenyra talked, mm-hmm. like, and they look visually kind of similar. And I like the mm. idea that Rhaenys is replacing Damon as, like, an advisor mm. to Rhaenyra because Damon's so violent. Like, we've seen him in, like, I mean, mm-hmm. throughout the first season. Um, but at the end of season one, he was the one who was like, let's just go burn everybody. And Ra- and yeah. Rhaenyra's like, I don't know if I want to do that. And Rhaenys, is, Rhaenys was the one who was like, yeah, we definitely shouldn't do that. Um, and I like that Rhaenys also, like, like, Rhaenys is almost like the older version of Rhaenyra if Rhaenyra accepted the patriarchy, mm-hmm. you yep. know? Yeah. And it's like, like, Rhaenys is like looking at her, looking at Rhaenyra thinking like, you know, I, I was you. Like, this kind of fight, like, like fighting between kin is not good, and fighting with dragons is not good. Yeah. Like, this is going to turn out badly. Mm-hmm. And, like, like justifying her own decisions to not do that. You know? Like, justifying Rainus's own decisions to not engage in that kind of violence when she had the opportunity to. Yep. And, you know, could have staked her claim in a violent way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like all that. Um, and then, yeah, so then we get Bela. Mm-hmm. 
People yes. were saying this was was Nettles. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Bela. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Bela. Like, yeah, Nettles doesn't have white hair. Like, the whole thing with no. Nettles is that she's described as, like, a brown girl. She's got, like, brown skin, right. brown hair, brown... She's just kind of brown, and then she rides and a brown she, and dragon. And she rides a brown dragon, because we're Westerosi and we're racist. Um, yep. Yeah, so that's um, gotta be Bela. I don't know, do you think we'll get to the dragon seeds this season? Maybe? Where do they come in? Um, I do forget the order mm-hmm. in which... Okay, so are there I, any I, at... Go ahead. Hmm? I was gonna say, are there any at Rook's Rest? I don't think so, right? Because Rainus goes by herself. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that... Oh, yeah. So the dragon seeds happen as a reaction to the death of Rainies. Um If that's the case, they might need to get to Rook's Rest earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because, no, because they could do... They could do this season up to Rook's Rest, and uh-huh. then next season be on the green side, Eamon's year, and on the black side, the the dragon seeds mm-hmm. they could they could do that yeah because i just i just pulled up a chronology so i could get my wrap my oh, brain good. about it so we've got like there's um they skipped like the assault that there was like an assault on heron hall the battle of the burning mill um mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet um i think in the chronology that those technically happen before um luke dies but they may shift some of that around um like they take over heron hole or they might skip it so after that we get blood and cheese there's a war in the riverlands with blackwood and bracken which makes sense because we see some brackens in the background of this there's a scene in mm-hmm. here like that the dude who's wearing like the orange like the yellow surcoat and like stabbing oh. there's like a really brief shot um if you pause and like zoom in you can see it's house bracken Mm-hmm. Um, and we got that scene in the first season. Like, they don't want us to forget that, like, Bracken and Blackwood are, like, at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because they fight a duel over Rainier's hand. There's that mm-hmm. scene where she's trying to pick her husband and the little boy kills the Bracken dude. Um, mm-hmm. so we get blood and cheese. We get, um, like, a civil war in the Riverlands. We get some battles between the Blackwoods and the Brackens. Um, like Otto Hightower is like rehired. <laughs> you know, he got, Otto comes back. <laughs> he um, gets his job back. He gets his job back. We get some stuff about like the Cargill twins, which makes sense because there's a scene in here where you see one of the Cargill twins. We don't know which one, if it's Eric or Arik. Fuck you, George. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Um, yeah, I sometimes can't keep I hate you. But like there's a there's a scene with that, and then we get Duskendale and we get Duskendale and Rook's rest. Oh, Duskendale! I forgot about Duskendale. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's plenty to fill. I mean, again, we could talk about predictions at the end. I'm I'm worried about the sheer number of battles. But oh my gosh, like they're probably they probably <sighs> will collapse some, and you know, like I don't know that they're going to do yeah. every single battle. They might collapse some into each other, but like they're and probably yeah. just keep the main ones. Yeah. Um, so let's go. We're almost through the, the trail, and then we can talk about our predictions and our concerns. Yep. Um, um, so then we get some shots of people running around King's Landing being like, oh, I'm the small folk. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, some. Then there's. Oh, there's a, sh- a shot there's of Alicent. Alicent. Yeah, Alicent is running through the city. Um, and someone grabs her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know specifically what that's referring to, but the King's Guard is trying to protect her from someone. 
So she also has a black veil in that scene. I wonder if this um, is after Blood and Cheese. Right. I'm wondering if that's like after the funeral or something like that. And maybe there's like some kind of riot or something along those lines. Uh Um, And then there's the shot of the Bracken. Yeah. Yeah. You could see him. Mm -hmm. Then there's just like a lot of burning dudes. We've got. Cool shot of Eamon. Uh, Damon. Oh my God. Damon. Jesus. Damon. And then the bl- oh, blood and cheese. Caroline, uh, I'm not ready for blood and cheese. I we're gonna let's talk about that first in our little little analysis section at the end because that is I'm so concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm so concerned. So the shot is um a a a man holding a knife to Helena's throat. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the shot, and it's um we're doing blood and cheese. That's what we're doing. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, then some more guys fight. More smashy smash. Some people, cool dragons. You've got Aemon on a dragon. I feel, okay, so I feel like the shot of Aemon on a dragon, and then we get a shot of Rhaenyra on a dragon, and then mm-hmm. we get a shot of Vagar flying. I feel like the shot of Aemon and the Vagar. Oh, no, that's, I'm thinking of God's Eye. I'm not thinking of Rook's Rest. Because Rook's Rest is Aegon II. It's so interesting to me that we have yet to see Aegon II on a dragon. Right? Not even in this I'm wondering, trailer. I'm wondering, th- this is my, my headcanon. That's pretty much the end of the trailer. Yep. The, we see big, the, the, our the big, big shot. Big the big, like, wow, look at the, us the and big, our really spent, cool SFX. We spent $200,000 making this dragon appear on your screen. Um, I'm wondering... If they're not showing his dragon, mm-hmm. because Sunfire just looks cool as fucking shit. Uh-huh. Like, because Sunfire is described as gold. Yes. Sunfire is not, like, yellow or, like, that bullshit. Sunfire is a golden dragon. Mm-hmm. And I hope they lean into that. I hope that that dragon looks like it walked off the pages of My Little Pony. Because <laughs> it's gotta be. It can't just be yellow, because Rhaenyra's dragon is yellow. Yeah. So I really hope it's, like, Sunfire is, like gold and ruby and like these deep colors and like really just visually pleasing to see and probably very difficult to animate and therefore is not in a lot of shots but is just like stunning like i want this to be a stunning dragon so this is the description he's got gleaming golden scales that shine that shine like beaten gold in the sunlight and pale pink wing membranes um, he's a My Little Pony dragon. His name is Sunfire. Ab- his name is Sunfire. He's absolutely My Little Pony. He's the most yeah. My Little Pony. And like his flames are gold or whatever. Like this yeah. is the most My Little Pony dragon that's ever existed. Yes. Um, I, I desperately want it to be true. Yeah. So let's talk about our predictions and our concerns. Blood and cheese. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oopsies. Oh, the worst Oopsie. thing that Martin has ever made me read. Like It literally is like... The most heartbreaking fucking thing. So for anyone who doesn't remember from the source material, or if you're just listening to this because you don't care about spoilers, God bless. Um, after Lucerus is omnomnomed at Storm's End, um, <laughs> yes. uh-huh. Damon, Damon says, yo, fuck this. A son for a son. Uh-huh. And he contacts, like, the cell swords or whatever, or, like, the, the people that he knows in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, I need you to go kill just one. Of the king's sons. Uh-huh. Now, at the time, there's three children. There's um, the twins, uh, Jaharis and Jahera. Yep. Uh, they're the twins. And then there's another son, Maylor, I want to say. I think Maylor oh, is the, what's the, the third name? child. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Maylor. Um, 
So these two guys who are only known in history as blood and cheese Mm -hmm. break in and basically break into where Helena is with her three children at night, like in the nursery. Mm -hmm. And they tie her up. Oh, and Allison too. Allison's there. Yep. Yep. So Helena and Allison are tied up. Uh And the kids are little. The kids are like toddlers and smaller. And blood and cheese are like, um, it's a son for a son. Pick one. You have to choose which child you want us to kill. Mm-hmm. And Helena and Allison are like, no, take us. You know, like they do all the things that you would do in that situation. And they're like, if you don't pick, we're just going to kill all of them. Yep. So pick. They, they force and, Helena to choose which of her sons to kill. And she picks the younger son, Maylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so instead, of course, they kill Jaharis. And then they leave. Yep. So and so poor little baby Maylor has to live the rest of his life knowing that Mama chose him to die. Yep. It's just like Jesus, so... Martin. That's so fucking dark. Oh. And this is this is them beheading a child. Yep. So when we talk about the visual medium mm. and what to show, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go on record as saying we should not show the beheading of the child. Yep. I agree. If they show the beheading of the child, 99% chance I'm going to think it was unnecessary and wasn't good. There's a small percentage chance that maybe they do it in some way that's like impactful for a reason. But I'm going to, I'm going to say they should not show the beheading of the child. Mm -hmm. I think the best way to shoot this would be to not show. Yeah. Like any violence, like like so, have them break in, tie them up, like make the audience understand the circumstance, uh-huh. and then when, like you 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 know what you could do you could have like Helena choose, and then you could have the sh- like the physical shot be like outside the door, and then you could just hear the sound and like hear them scream, mm-hmm. you know, like you can imply the violence to me that I understand yeah. what happened. I was thinking, and, yes, you know, I was thinking something of something like very similar. With, like, all of the violence happens on screen. But the shot that showed up in my brain was, like, a shot of Maylor. Like, while the brother is being murdered. Oh, that just could work, too. Just showing Maylor's face of, like, mm-hmm. like... Anyway, but, like, I agree with you. Regardless of how they shoot it, I agree with you that the violence should be done off page. Yeah. Like, off screen. But we should not... Yeah. We should hear it. It should be implied. We should know what's happening, but not actually see mm-hmm. what's happening. I I would be pretty upset if they showed, like, yeah, the murder of a child. Ch- murder, yeah, yeah, the murder of a child on screen. I think that would yeah. be unnecessary. Yeah. I, I don't want to say there's no circumstance in which you show it, because I'm not writing the script, but I, I, I struggle to think of a way mm-hmm. where it justifies, you know, yeah. it, where it's, it's justified. I spoke to someone in real life who said he read somewhere online that the first episode is titled A Son for a Son. I think we might get it in episode one. Oh Jesus! That's the next thing that happens after yeah, Lucerus is killed. That's, that's the next thing that happens is blood and cheese. It's yeah. the, the re- immediate retaliation. Mm-hmm. So it might be right up front. Yeah. What yeah. a way to start the season. Um, Ooh, we're, we're gonna lose Kylie <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, she doesn't even know that this is happening. I know. I'm really worried because Kylie has a son about that age. Yeah, uh, and I'm really worried about mm-hmm. losing Kylie. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. So there's that. You talked about what you think is going to end. I like that. I like that ending because I was wondering that too, mm-hmm. where they were going to end the season. I think that makes sense. Yeah, and that allows for like good pacing. 
What, what I'm concerned about with the season is these writers have proven in season one they're very good at writing that interpersonal political shit. Mm-hmm. And the least exciting parts of the first season for me were any battle situation. Yep. Yep. And it wasn't that they were bad. It was just like they're, they're, it's just that their writing for the other stuff was so good. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful, like, like you were saying, like maybe they'll condense some of the battles mm-hmm. and they'll fill in yeah. more scenes of like people in rooms talking to each other, which is what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want too. Like I, yeah. I want the battles to be like, sprinkled in judiciously fairly minimal mm-hmm. and the most of the the most of the story i want them to continue to make them like the heart the beating heart of this story about the interpersonal conflicts the way that characters yeah. feel about what's happening that like we get snippets of what's happening but most of it is going to be about how they feel and how they are reacting to what's happening mm-hmm. around them yeah. um because like you said season one that was a huge part of what was so compelling about season one is was, was that this was about people, the people yeah. in it. And it was really driven by the characters rather than the action. And I want to see that continue. And I want to see, and I think they might have a struggle with it this season. I want to see particularly Rhaenyra and Alicent, mm-hmm. if not interacting, right. Thinking about each other or being paralleled in some way or like saying things that if they only if they only knew they were rhyming with each other. Yes. You know? Yep. Like that because eventually they do interact when Rhaenyra takes over King's Landing. Mm-hmm. When she comes back to King's Landing, when she does get to rule briefly during this, she and Allison do interact. Yeah. That I don't think we'll get till season three. Um, but... That's a scene I can't wait for. Mm. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. When those two, the thing is, by the time those two meet, their relationship has to be so broken by all the, the violence yeah. in between yeah. that it's irretrievable, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, yeah, I I really hope that like okay, so similar to that, like one of the things that I that I hope that we see this season is something that they have started to hint at in season one that like. Alicent and Rhaenyra, you know, like the real enemies of patriarchy, right? Like right. that this is a show like that Alicent and Rhaenyra are co-protagonists. And yes. the 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 villain is the patriarchy, is the way that like yes. the patriarchy has driven these women apart. That's the villain. That's the antagonist. That's the thing that's getting in the way mm-hmm. of them being able to have a relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. That like and that there are male characters who are kind of symbolically who are like embodiments of that of the patriarchy. And mm-hmm. I hope we continue to see more of um, Damon doing that on the Rhaenyra side and Otto doing, Otto and Aemond doing that mm-hmm. on the Alicent side. That, like, these are women who are not submitting to the violence of men, but, like, that, like, part of the pressure that they are under is mm-hmm. that they are surrounded by violent men who mm. want to use their power to act violently and that that influences them to maybe make choices that they wouldn't necessarily right. norm like under normal circumstances they wouldn't do that which is the thing we saw in season 1 right like we saw this mm-hmm. happen with both of them that like you could see that they were trying to make overtures towards each other maybe trying to work things out and then like the men would step in and be like fuck that shit like <laughs> mm-hmm. yes we can't accept that no and yes. I want to see more of that, but like escalated. That like it's the dial's yes. going to be turned up on that. Mm-hmm. 
I completely agree. Do you think when Aegon comes back, a- sorry, fuck, Aemond comes back, they all have the same fucking name, um, <laughs> is he gonna, what's he gonna say about how Lucerus died? Oh. I think he's gonna pretend it was intentional. Yeah. I think he's gonna pretend it was intentional. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. I can't see him being like, I lost control of Vagar or it was an accident. Uh-huh. I can't see him. I can't see him apologizing or anything. No, he, he you know? like, da- you know, like he, he wants to be his Uncle Damon and he's yeah. brought into violence as like the, the primary form of expressing power. Um, I wonder if they'll also have him react to blood and cheese because like that's the direct result of him, you know? Yeah, so, we don't really get to see any of that in the store in the the source material. We right. have no idea how blood and cheese impacts impacts anybody, but Helena. Except for Helena, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious because because there will be stuff later on when like Amon is ruling and stuff like that. And um, what's her name? Not Allison. What's that woman everyone's obsessed with? Alyssa Rivers. Oh, Alice. Alice. Yeah, we go. have no idea. We uh, haven't seen hide nor hair of Alice yet. No, I don't think we will in this section in the season. But that could that could be a really interesting relationship mm-hmm. if Amond is characterized well in this season. Yeah. You know, because we did get characterization, the fact that he, he was not trying to kill Luceris mm-hmm. and he was trying to stop Vagar mm-hmm. and the, his facial reaction after it yeah. being shocked yes. and horrified. Uh-huh. You know, that is characterization of him. So, like, is he going to be shocked and horrified by blood and cheese? Is he going to feel guilty about that, responsible for that? Mm-hmm. How does he express that, you know, that kind of stuff? I, I'd be really, really interested to see. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the idea that both um, – that – that the death of Luke, the way that the show did it, portraying it as like an accident, but mm. if Amond doesn't paint it that way, then you've you've created a misunderstanding. You know yes. that like that like oh, if, yes. that if Rhaenyra knew it was an accident, maybe she would think differently. But if Amond is going around being like, oh yeah, I fucking killed that kid, yeah, because um, I'm a big strong dude, like she's yeah. going to react. She's going to have stronger feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, so so there's some misunderstanding there of, of what happened. But also, Damon is the one who calls for blood and cheese. Mm-hmm. Rhaenyra is not involved in blood and cheese in the source material. This is like mm-hmm. Damon's, like, <laughs> because Damon is Damon. Like, yeah. Damon organizes blood and cheese. But I wonder if they'll do that in the in the show to keep Rhaenyra out of it. I bet they will. See, that's the thing. I think they will because I think it, yeah. it it's another area where it creates misunderstanding that like mm-hmm. Alicent is going to think that Rhaenyra is involved. Right. She's not go- like mm-hmm. Alice. Like in the same way that like Rhaenyra would believe, oh, maybe they did this on purpose and killed my kid. Aemond yeah. is going around saying that it wasn't an accident. Maybe mm-hmm. this was planned as an attack. Yeah. Alicent will have the same reaction to blood and cheese. She's not going to be able to believe that Rhaenyra wasn't involved. Like, mm-hmm. and like, that's the kind of story that they're telling here of like, these women are being caught up in events and believing things about what the other person is doing in their involvement that, that like create more tension and antagonism mm-hmm. between them. Mm-hmm. That like each one of them believes that the other is directly attacking them. When, right. like, that's, like, pretty much never the case. hmm Oh, I love that. 
I think that'd be good. That's what I hope the story remains that way. Mm-hmm. Like I hope it's like that plus the battles now and then. Yes. You know, but like I yep. want it to still be about this miscommunication about the patriarchy. Like and it's like not to say that men are the enemy here because it's not. Men are like this in this situ- in the situation because the patriarchy is bad for everyone. Yes. Yep. Like they're Damon is this way, Amond is this way. They're like they're violent because you know, they don't have like cognitive behavioral therapy where they can go talk about their feelings right. of insecurities with, you know, a professional. They are high, they have one option. Yep. The option is to be violent. Mm-hmm. And it's not surprising when you give people one option to be violent that they are. Yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> when, when, you, when you tell men that like martial prowess and aggression is like peak masculinity, are you surprised mm-hmm. that like they're violent to everyone around them? Like they're, exactly. They're doing what they've been told masculinity is. They're performing right. toxic masculinity under patriarchy, which is what's expected exactly. of them. Do you think that Helena will reference her little Beast Beneath the Boards thing before Blood and Cheese? Because there was a question about whether Beast Beneath the Boards meant Rainus popping out or was a foreshadowing for Blood and Cheese. Oh. I think it was for Blood and Cheese. Yeah. I always thought it was for Blood and Cheese. I think it could be both. I think if it... Yeah. I think it might be possible that she references that again or something else has some other kind of prophetic utterance before blood and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like I could see either of those. You know, it would be really off. Oh, this would make it even sadder. You know how Allison's kind of like, like, um, Helena says weird shit all the time and Allison's like, okay, sweetie. Uh-huh. You know, like she doesn't like really pay attention. Like if shortly before blood and cheese, Helena's like, says something or is like hesitant to go in the room or something like has some kind of like inkling and allison is like she's like she's like babe come here sweetie come on we have to go we have to put the babies come on just like go play with your centipedes honey yeah (laughs) oh no like like if she's like it's fine it's the room what's like what's the issue like come on oh god yeah Yeah. That would be sad. <laughs> I know. Oh yes, that'd be I really know. bad. And I, and I want it, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just, I'm so prepared for this show to hurt me. I just want it to hurt me in the right ways. I do. I want to be hurt. Please hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tragedy, everyone. And that's why I love yes. this show is that it's a tragedy from the very beginning. You are watching Doom. That is what this show yes. is about. We know it's coming. We know most mm-hmm. people are going to die and it's going to be tragic and like, we can't look away. <laughs> yes. Well, like, let's, if we want to talk about, um, like, where the show's going to end, because I think that's honestly going to make or break this show, mm-hmm. is where they choose to end it and how they choose to end it. Yep. Because Aegon does outlive Rhaenyra. Yep. By a bit. Yeah. Not a super long time. And then he's poisoned. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's uh, hard to pace well for an ending like a finale uh-huh like because you have like their like final like encounter on dragonstone where his where sunfire eats her and then sunfire dies and then like some time later when he's back in king's landing he's poisoned mm-hmm. i feel like those things have to happen in one episode for it to make any kind of sense mm. I'm not against him getting poisoned, and I don't want them to change it where, like, they, they simultaneously kill each other in a dragon battle. Like, I think that would be kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think those things need to happen much closer in time to each other, and maybe both on Dragonstone. Yeah. So. But, oh. and then they would have to shift around that whole section where, like, supposed heirs of Aegon II 
kind of bicker thing, bicker out for who's yeah. in charge. Because, like, after Rhaenyra dies, there's this, like, period of time where, like, she's dead. Aegon II is, like, ill, you know? He's or, like, injured. He's, he's injured, injured again, yeah. out of commission, but not dead yet. And then, like, all of these, like, supposed bastard children, like... Yeah, Rise Game and up. Pale Hair game and, and all game, them. I want Game and Pale Hair. But, like, I suppose they could shift that to, like, after. You know, they could move things around and have Rhaenyra die, Aegon II die, and then that period of, like, the bastards trying to claim the throne be, like, mm-hmm. a transition period between Aegon II's death and then Aegon III like but then where do you where do you cut it do you then cut it when Aegon the third takes over and you cut the show there because then like then the show viewers will never know that like her son Viserys who's going to be presumed dead after a particular battle actually is alive mm-hmm. and comes back like years later you know and I forget is it Aegon the third that actually takes over after that yeah. or is it Aegon the third is the is like rules um Targaryen. the very sad the very sad boy who watched his mommy die um yeah but who does he marry though they have that's where they have that ball he marries denera doesn't he they have this like basically like cinderella ball where like a bunch of ladies come in to try and marry him and then it's like the 10 year old he marries the 10 year old Um, are you are you saying that maybe this was a bad thing (laughs) Uh, um, oh good i found a good family tree yeah so wow none of aegon the second's children make it to majority do they Jaharis, Jahara, and Melor. Uh-huh. They all die. No, Aegon marries Jahara. That's who he marries. No, but then Jahara, Jahara dies. She throws herself out of a window and or is pushed, just like Helena. Oh, right. But she's the, like... Aegon Third marries Daenerys Valerian. There we go. So, yeah, if he first marries his cousin Jahara, who then... Yes. Who dies then... by suicide. And then yeah. he marries Daenerys. And, like, the Daenerys one is the, like, they throw, like, the Cinderella ball, right? Yes, yes, that's the Cinderella ball one. Yeah, the Cinderella ball where she's just, like, fucking, like, 12 years old or something. Okay, so then Aegon Third and Daenerys' line leads to the Blackfires. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's Viserys II's line. Viserys II has Aegon IV. He ends up taking over. Uh-huh. And that's the line that leads to... Uh, our, our girl Danny. Yeah. That's so. That's the line. So see, because so it's like that's why like Viserys is the fact that Viserys is still alive uh-huh. is important because Aegon the Third is not an ancestor of Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Like not a direct ancestor, at least. Oh, what a confusing fucking! I found a really cool family tree on the interwebs. Um, um, is it the one with like the cool cartoony type faces? Yes, but the cartoon face of Reyna is awful. She looks so mad. Or Rhaenyra, rather. is awful. She looks, like, just mad. Yeah, I, I like this fan artist. It's a fan artist I'm pretty familiar with. Um, but, yeah, I agree that, like, Rhaenyra looks... Uh, I will pop... I'll pop a link to this uh, picture in the description for anybody that wants to take yeah, a look. Yeah, it's really cool. The fan artist who did it... Um, oh, what is... What is their name? Ma... Um... Uh, Maria, it's a deviant artist, uh, deviant, yeah, deviant artist named, uh, Marion B. Um, hmm. and they've done a lot of, like, had a whole, like, thing of, like, creating portraits of all of the Targaryens. 
Um, That's cool. And this like really cool, uh, really unique art style. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. Rhaenyra looks uh, <laughs> looks angry. <laughs> she she mad. She, she big mad. Uh-huh. Oh, you big mad? Uh-huh. Um, Rainey's looks kind of spicy, but like badass. Like her hair is like, oh, has yeah. this, like mohawk braid. That is cool. Yeah, I love back, back to the second space. <laughs> oh wait, which one? <laughs> he also looks angry. Oh yeah, he's also angry. Uh huh. And then we we so far in the show do not have the fourth Allison child, Dayron. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if we're gonna get the fourth. Um, <sighs> there's some things he does though. He kind of becomes important. Hmm. They, I mean, they could introduce him now and be like, he was at the Citadel. Because I think he is actually, like, sent away. So he, like, wasn't around. Yeah. But it is kind of weird that he just straight up was not in season one. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was, like, trying to remember why Aegon's kids don't end up on the throne. And that's because his son is Baylor the Blessed. He's Baylor's dad. And Baylor like, locks his sisters up in a tower and he never has any kids. Oh, that, right, th- right. That's, that's why it's Viserys II's kids that end up on the throne oh. because Aegon the Third is the father of uh Daron the Dragon, who fights in Dorne, mm-hmm. who, who fights and dies in Dorne, and then Baylor the Blessed, who's like a a fanatic, a religious fanatic who like right. locks all his sisters up in a tower um because they're too pretty and he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna he sure doesn't want to fuck them but doesn't want anyone else to fuck them either. Um well I'm glad he doesn't want to fuck his sisters. You yeah, know, you know, like that's, that's the, the we get one. We get one Targaryen who doesn't want to fuck his sisters. <laughs> um and then like Elena Elena has kids, but they're not heirs to the throne because they're it, it would be inheriting through the female line. So it reverts right. back to um Viserys the second. Um who is Who has Damon Blackfire? Whose kids uh, Aegon the Fourth. That's one of his uh, legitimized bastards. Oh, but anyway, yeah, anyway. this is a really lovely family <laughs> tree. But yeah, you're right. Like it yeah. is important that like Viserys the Second ends up. Like we we have to know that he survives. Um, That's why I'm like I don't know where you cut this show because like the the it's hardest to, to ex- extrapolate or extra- extract any section of Fire and Blood because it's so interconnected. You know, mm-hmm. unless you did something like followed like Alyssa Farman, for example, like and like was like, we're going to tell you everything that was happening at the time she lived mm-hmm. like her life and like that you can kind of do. But it's like, yeah, it's if people think the story ends with Aegon, the whatever third yeah. ruling, that's not really right. Yeah, but they got. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not right, but they have to cut it somewhere. I could see them doing right. a like. Ending with Aegon the Third ascending the throne and then doing kind of like the the like they did at the beginning of this show with like the black cards where they're like this was a hundred years before Daenerys Targaryen dirt you know? Yeah. Like where they end with a like some kind of summative how we get from the end of this to hmm. Daenerys. Or they could they could do something maybe like Viserys doesn't go missing. Yeah. You know, they could just, like, keep him around mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, he's also, he, and, and also Viserys is here. Yeah, Viserys. Viserys is here. But, yeah, I feel like 
to go much further than the ascendancy of Aegon the Third would mean they'd have to do like everything else. No. Unless they did something like we were looking at what what year Fire and Blood was written, like within universe. Uh-huh. Um if they did something where they like time skipped forward to like the maester writing the book. Yeah. And like maybe he's like at the Citadel teaching one of the novices and he's like, Well, that was the technical end of the Dance of the Dragons. Mm-hmm. But really, uh, really turned out that there were themes and none of Aegon II's progeny ruled and really Rhaenyra's line won. So it's bittersweet, you know, like, yeah, they could do something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard because I don't know where I would end it. I don't know how I would end it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that this season, I, I feel like... Rook's Rest makes a really good sense to end this season. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, And they could even start doing the Dragon Seeds maybe. Like, they can shift that around to, like, Mm -hmm. the source material. It's kind of a reaction to Rook's Rest, but it doesn't have to be. It can be something that, like, is kind of taking place in the background throughout the second season. They could also, they could have foreshadowed it or or, or, um, cliffhanger it. They could do Rook's Rest, like, episode 9. Uh-huh. And then in episode ten, come up with the plan mm-hmm. and be like, "Well, we have to we have to find more dragon riders." Yeah. And then and be like, duh, 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 you know, like uh-huh. images of the wild dragons. And then like next season, we'll start with yeah taming the wild dragon. You know, that, that would be a good kind of cliffhanger mm-hmm. to bring people back. I think. Right, because yeah, I like their I like the idea that season three would be from Rook's Rest to God's Eye. I think it would. Yeah. I think it would make. If you're going to end, if you want to end each season with a really important death. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's a yeah, good for pacing, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like you end season one with Luke. You end season two with Rainies. You end season three with Damon, um, mm-hmm. who dies, at, you know, with Damon dying at the God's Eye. Um, and Aemon, they both, they both die at the God's Eye. Um, I like to believe that Damon lives, but that's just me. Um, and then season four would be like I guess whatever else. Or that maybe they're just doing four seasons. I don't know how you could get five out of what happens after the God's Eye. No, I think it would just be four. I think it would just be four. When does when does Rhaenyra rule in King's Landing? At what point in time does she take over? Um uh that would be in season like if they if they're doing it the way we're saying, it's like um it would be in the third season i think um it would have to be in the third season Uh yeah yeah okay so it's when so after like we get the dragon seeds we get like what's called the battle of the gullet and then we get the battle of the Mm -hmm. honey wine and then it's the fish feed oh yes um and Mm -hmm. during after the fish feed Kristen Cole, Aemon Targaryen, and Vhagar are all away from King's Landing. Like, they've left mm. to go right. fight other battles. And that's when Daemon and Rhaenyra take over King's Landing. Yeah, they swoop in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd end season three with Rhaenyra in King's Landing. Like, like she not that not that that episode would be the last one, but that she, she, the person on the throne at that time would be Rhaenyra. Like she would take over sometime during the third season. Yeah, sometime during the third season. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you would start 
like the season after that starts with like you get the storming of the dragon pit that's after the god's eye oh i don't want to see that that's my least favorite that's that's actually my least favorite thing martin has written is the storming of the dragon pit and when we get there in our like close reading Uh i'll i will complain about it extensively um yep so yeah that would be that would be in the in the third or whatever that you know if they're breaking it the way that i that makes sense to me it would be in the beginning of the fourth season. Beginning of the fourth season. Yeah. You would have, like, the storming of the dragon pit. You'd have the second. And then her last son would die. Yeah, you have second Tumbleton. Yeah. Then she dies. Um, whatever you want to do with the brief period where the bastards are vying for the throne after Aegon, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. before or after Aegon's death, they could do it either way, I think. They could do it either way, yeah. Either way it makes could. sense to me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I like I I rather I like your idea that like you want Rhaenyra that like in terms of visual storytelling it's 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 really good to have both of them die and then a couple of episodes left where you're like what the fuck happens when like the two yeah. when the two leaders of the armies are dead yeah our two main characters are dead oh no yeah 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 the two main <laughs> people vying for the thread are dead like thrown are dead but then there's still a couple mm-hmm. of episodes left where they deal with like the aftermath well there's other things like allison dies from like being old i think or something. no she dies from like the first wave of shivers that comes through there's like a second wave of shivers that comes through uh-huh. she dies from something like really mundane and i'm like i just feel like it would be odd I mean, unless I mean, she she's more or less a prisoner uh-huh. when she's there, right? Um, after after everybody's dead, so I mean, I guess you could just end with her being like locked in a tower somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, she gets the winter fever. I mean, f- shivers, winter fever, whatever. It's yeah, another exactly. disease. That's the thing. Makes it's a thing. You know. Um, yeah. Oh God. This is, oh, Allison surviving and just becoming, like, a sad old lady. Yeah. After all of this, like, hits so much different with the way that House of the Dragon is telling the story versus the way the source material tells the story. Because all of her grandchildren die. Yep. All of her children die. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, her girlfriend dies. Her girlfriend dies. Her husband's dead. She literally. All le- within two years. Yep. She loses everybody and then just, like, kind of like Raina. Like, we were talking, like, we've been talking about Raina mm-hmm. in the podcast of, like, she loses everyone and then just kind of, like, I mean, she, at least in, in the version that we like, the you know, our our headcanon version, like, finds a, a little bit of happiness at the end with, with, uh, with Magor Towers. Yes. Or Magor, <laughs> not Towers. No, yeah, Magor Towers. No, Towers, Towers, Magor yeah. Towers. Yeah. Um, but this is just, like really fucking tragic in a way of course that i love because i love angst and i love to i love suffering in stories like this the idea of (laughs) alicent outliving everyone in the house of the dragon version of the story is Mm -hmm. gut-wrenching yes just gut-wrenching to see everyone she loves is dead and then she just has to live with all of that and to ponder the ways in which the sum of this might have been her fault even though it's not like but she would she would just sit there and be like what could i have done yeah differently oh oh god i love it i'm very excited yes for this next season did it say when it's coming back summer 2024 not i don't know when but summer um yeah 
yes. Uh, I'm very excited. I can't wait. Um, we, I don't know if we're going to get there before the show does. I don't think so. I think that after season two, we'll probably lap it before season three comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not before season two. So, I mean, we're going to, we're just going to be starting. I mean, if we even finish the, the next chapter that we're doing is a very, is like the longest chapter in the book or something about right. Jim Harris's kids. Uh, so we'll have to see. But I mean, we'll just keep chugging along with our podcast. Once the show is out, assuming Kylie and Julia still want to do Unabashed Book Snobbery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, you and I only record every other week anyway, so. Oh, no, they're they're learning the process. Uh, ah, it's, oh, no. It's not recorded once a week. Oh, <laughs> But we, we usually cover the show once a week uh, on Unabashed Book Snobbery. So if you guys want to hear our analysis. And Gretchen was on two episodes two, last season yeah. or one? Two, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have you on again, mm-hmm. um, assuming Kylie agrees to continue to watch the show after, <laughs> Blood, after Blood and Cheese. And cheese. Because because you and I like this kind of thing. We want media to hurt us. Yeah. Kylie doesn't, no. which is totally fair. Yes, totally that is also fair. a valid way to watch television. Right. It's totally fair to not want to be sad when you watch TV. That is okay. Uh, I'm just worried that. Yeah, we might. We're gonna, we're gonna lose her. We're gonna. I don't, we gotta. We gotta. We, we, gotta, we can caveat it with like, this is the worst it gets, Kylie. Okay. It never. It never gets worse than this. Look at the dragon. <laughs> Look at the Chinese dragon. <laughs> Look at the My Little Pony dragon. Look at the My Little Pony. Pay no attention to the child's head on the floor. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like we've talked yeah. for long enough. We well, talked for that like was a an nice hour. short podcast. <laughs> About this one minute trailer. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we did wander beyond the trailer. It's fine. We did. And there's some stuff to edit out because we were doing stuff with the video. But yeah, it's still going to be, you know. I hope you guys like our reaction and analysis. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think if you want. Um, you can email us at houseoffireandbloodpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is houseoffireandbloodpodcast. Uh, and uh you know that let us know i mean i'm curious to hear about people's ideas do you think the season's going to end where gretchen Mm -hmm. says do you think um like what do you guys think of blood and cheese are are you as worried as we are about that you know uh what color is sunfire gonna be they better not fuck it up uh (laughs) let us let us know because i'm i love hearing predictions how sparkly will sunfire be on a scale of one to ten uh, on a scale of, of like, great chicken from Game of Thrones to um, My Little Pony. <laughs> I know what like, my heart says uh, I want. Yes. <laughs> I don't know whether they'll give it to me. I, I want him to be so fabulous. Yeah. He just is going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to us. And we hope everyone has a safe and happy and healthy holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you're celebrating and have a good new year. Yes. And uh, we'll talk to you guys Next week in the new year. In 2024. The year of, 2024. The year of uh, House of the Dragon Season 2. Woo! we love to see it. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. <coughs> Ate some cheese, so. <laughs> Take your time. You gotta take a little drink. It's very good cheese. Cost. I mean, I like to buy cheese from Costco, but mm-hmm. you get giant blocks of cheese. 
Mm-hmm. It's big blocks of cheese. So Costco sells this. It's aged Havarti. Ooh. So if you've ever fancy. had Havarti, which is like a pretty mild, like creamy cheese, like they mm-hmm. age it for like two years and then it gets the kind of little crystals in it, which are, which are almost, oh. you know, like it, it basically becomes like the Havarti version of like a sharp cheddar. So like it, it still has that like kind of creamy, nutty flavor of Havarti, but it's been aged. Is that what oh. happens with cheese? It changes. It changes t- flavor over time. Yeah, yeah. If you age it, oh. like it, it like concentrates the flavors, and um, they get sharper. Oh. So like sharp cheddar is like aged. Um, mm. The longer you age it, like the the sharper the flavor gets. Mm. I somehow went through all my life without ever thinking about this, and I don't think I ever really knew that we like uh-huh. seeing things that said like aged cheddar. I I didn't think it was actually aged like wine. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. And it also okay. tends to, to um, dry it out. So, like, a mm. fresh cheese is going to be softer. Like, an aged cheese, it's going to be harder mm. um, the te- and crumblier. The texture changes. It gets these little crystals that are, like, my favorite part. They're kind of crunchy, and they have, like, the same salty, cheesy flavor in it. Like, it gets these little flavor <laughs> crystals. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Anyway, I had some cheese. Anyway. So, like, I my <clears throat> clearing up my throat this from the cheese. A, well, welcome to the cooking podcast. I've oh got eggs. God. You've got cheese. i got cheese. We both I, got tea. I I fucking love cheese. Cheese is my favorite thing. <laughs> I lived in Wisconsin for a while and it was the best. Mm. So much cheese. Mm. 